three, two, one. You ready? Listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Gentlemen, theys and gays, this is the real pineapple. This is your humble host Hunter here. So I have finally my worst of 2022. In order to get to heaven, you have to go through hell. And <laughs> while my best of is currently up on the channel, there are quite a few films this year that were incredibly shitty. And I'll be honest, this is probably the least amount of deep diving I've done on the worst stuff since the uh, the podcast has been a thing. So in eight years, God, eight years, almost nine years. Oh my gosh, it's been that long. So I don't really have any dishonorable, not a ton of dishonorable mentions, but I've got two I'm going to throw out real quick. Um, so I'm just going to kind of dive in. So Roland Emmerich did another disaster movie. It's called uh, Moonfall. Uh, I was bored to tears. I could not believe how goddamn stupid that movie was. And I like stupid. And my God, Halle Berry and Michael Pena, Pena and Patrick Wilson. Like, everyone in that movie just felt like they were asleep. And I could not comprehend how everyone was so goddamn dumb in that movie. So... I hated it, but it didn't make the list. So that 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 would be a dishonorable mention. And the last one I'll throw out is something that I don't think people are giving nearly enough shit to. And that's Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio. I'm a huge Zemeckis fan, whether it comes to, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Flight, Contact. Uh, Ali does a great movie, but ever since he did Welcome to Marwin, it just feels like he's been doing a bunch of dumb shit. Whether it's Welcome to Marwin or it's, uh, oh, what's that other movie? Uh, the Witches. Oh my God, The Witches sucks balls. It's so bad. And I just, I don't get what's happening with Zemeckis. You did three Back to the Future movies. You did Castaway. What the fuck are you doing? Why is this so bad? And uh, what's his name? Tom Hanks doing a really quite offensive accent. I, I was like, oh my God, is Jared Leto playing fucking Geppetto? Like, it's so bad. And while I will give credit to the effects team for how Pinocchio looks, everything else in the movie just looks weird. It's just such a weird movie. And I just... Yeah, I, I don't like it. I do not like it at all. And it really felt like a waste of my time, which the original Pinocchio never felt like. Granted, the original Pinocchio is also sh much shorter. So if you want to watch Pinocchio, watch that version. Don't watch this shit. So yeah, that's the other dishonorable mention. So, all right, let me get to the <coughs> pardon me. Let me get to the list uh, proper now. So, in, in the same case as my best of, I have a tie for number 10. Because these two movies pissed me off so bad, I couldn't determine which one pissed me off more. But these both deserve to be ridiculed and thrown through the meat grinder. So, the first one is Home Team, which is directed by Charles and Daniel Kanane. Doesn't fucking matter. It stars Kevin James. That's all you need to fucking know. So... 
Here's the synopsis on I'm, uh, on uh, Letterbox. Pardon me. Two years after a Super Bowl win, when NFL head coach Sean Payton is suspended, he goes back to his hometown and finds himself reconnecting with his 12-year-old son by coaching his Pop Warner football team. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. I hate this movie. Kevin James is a lazy piece of shit. Can we just have that conversation at this point? I know I know some MMA fans. Uh, I don't know why I said it sounded so Texan right there. Good Lord. Fans. I know some t- uh, I know some MMA fans like Here Comes the Boom. Credit where it's due, I will give Here Comes the Boom a tiny bit of a pass. It's like a C plus B minus. It's a fine movie. Saw my high cups a lot in that movie. But I think it's actually not bad. And then I saw Kevin James and Becky, where he plays this uh, this Nazi, which I'm sure is so far off for him. But he plays this Nazi trying to kill this little girl. That's a good fucking movie. So I've seen Kevin James be good. But he just keeps doing this dumb shit. And I just sit back and go, why am I supposed to fucking care about this guy? If anything, it makes me want Sean Payton to fucking fail in Denver. Which, by the way, you have Russell Wilson. You will fail in Denver. But God fucking damn it. This movie is so... It's irresponsible. Because there's a point where the, the, the kid playing his son... I don't know the kid's name. It doesn't really matter. Oh, Tate Bloom. That's the kid's name. Uh, the actor's name. He plays Connor Payton. He flat out asks his dad, Hey, dad, were you going ahead and paying players for the whole bounty gate bullshit? And he just goes, son, it's complicated. And just moves on. The movie had a chance to actually have a set and actually go into something that is pertinent to the person that you're fucking portraying in the fucking movie and the movie just goes nah it's fine let's just let's just move let's just move on and i was flabbergasted how they just the lack of who fucking cares that they give that the reason that he got fucking suspended in the first place the only reason he's visiting his son is because he got suspended from the nfl not because he wanted to spend time with him and the movie barely touches on that I, okay, the one thing I'll give this movie, I think Taylor Lautner, I don't know how good of an actor he is. I'm just going to be real. I, I I don't, you know, I, I don't think he's gotten any scripts that have really taken advantage of what I think there is some charisma there, but my God, like I actually, I, I won't say like, that's too strong. I at least thought he was trying in this, but Kevin James, it felt like, it kind of felt like when, you know, like like Bruce Willis would play a cop. He's like, you know, I've done this a bunch of times. I, I don't need script. I don't need a script. I got this shit. Kevin James has been playing the same fucking white buffoon for decades. Like, why is anyone surprised that he's just like, whatever, and just shrugs when he gets the script? There's nothing about this that makes it feel like it's even Sean Payton outside of them telling you as often as they possibly can that it's Sean Payton. And there's this whole scene of Rob Schneider because of course he's in this fucking movie. By the way, Rob Schneider, fuck your, go fuck yourself. I fucking hate Rob Schneider. He plays Jamie, who's the stepdad of the of Connor. And he, there's, of course, a gross out scene because of course there fucking is the Adam Sandler produced film where... Rob Schneider's Jamie makes these like health bars and gives them to the team and they all start throwing up and it's like waka waka isn't that funny I oh I hate Kevin James I hate Kevin James so much so yeah home team tied for my number 10 the other number 10 film that I have uh that I have tied with is Rob Zombie a guy who I am just really starting to believe just should not direct film anymore he did the directed the monsters, which stars him, or it's directed by him. It stars his wife, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie. Look, I get 
I get she's hot. Look, if I, like I get it, I get it, I get it. She's fucking hot. Fine, cool. Just because you're hot doesn't mean you can act. Ask Jessica Alba. And this movie in particular, it's really you have to be a special type of actor or actress or however you identify to go ahead and do comedy. Not everyone can do comedy. There's a reason why Gal Gadot's only hosted SNL once. But for some reason, Rob Zombie thought, well, it's my wife. I gotta let her act. And she's terrible in this. And there's just nothing about this that even feels like the Munsters. Because I used to watch the Munsters on TV Land. And there was some really great uh, slapstick that actually did work for me when I would watch the show. And it's just, it's incredible how fucking just nothing this movie is. The more I watched it, the more I just kept getting fucking depressed. And it's, it feels like it's almost two hours. I know it's not two hours, but it is just, it's lazy. I could not stop just going, why is this wasting my time? That's the thought that just kept running through my head is this is a waste of my time. I'll never get this time back. This fucking sucks. Even the old school aesthetic to the sets and everything it feels so amateur hour uh, hourish and vacation bible schoolish it's like there wasn't even care put into that shit i just i don't get this movie and i get that people are like it's supposed to be bad it, nah nah fam and this is an hour 49 minutes it couldn't even be a lean 90 minutes i how it's it's so bad and i just i'm sad that it exists I really am, and Rob Zombie, just, just stop, stop doing, don't direct anything for like five years. I'm sure he will direct some, you know, lame-ass horror movie, but I just, I could not believe how much this movie truly pissed me off. I, I hate this movie. Hate it, hate it, hate it. So, Home Team and the Monsters tied for my number 10. Oh, God fucking damn it. I hate that the movie exists. All right, moving on to my number nine, uh, least favorite film of 2022. It's directed by Daniel Espinoza. Sure. He directed Safe House, which I actually really liked. And he directed Life. Eh, that's fine. I guess. Whatever. Uh, But he directed Morbius. And Jared Leto, God help us all. I just... (sighs) They're just movies that are lazy. And that's all this movie is. It's just a lazy piece of crap. It's just the more I watched it, the more I just went, I could be doing anything else. And when you get to the whole mid credit scene of the film with Michael Keaton, where he goes, oh, we should team up, do some good. I just went, oh my God, I don't want more of this shit to be happening. Matt Smith, God bless him. He was the only person who understood what kind of movie he was in. He played this as campy as it should have been played, but Morbius's, you know, Morbius's power set is fucking stupid. The fact that his big murder spree takes place on international waters. Why are the FBI being called in? Shut up, Hunter. Don't think about it. There's just, there's so much wrong with the movie. And at the end of the day, I was just bored bored and morbius is a character who is not big enough in the comics to nearly warrant their own movie if you want to have morbius pop up a blade sure that makes sense i would i'd buy that but morbius has sustained a whole movie by themselves fuck off absolutely a waste of time no reason for this movie to be a thing the <laughs> the fucking the 
fucking description on Letterbox is the tagline, the line between hero and villain will be broken. I didn't feel like that at all. It's just, it's just a bad fucking movie. And while it did really piss me off when I initially saw it, there's somehow worse shit than I saw than Morbius. So it's low on the list. And I'll be honest, and even I expect it to be at number nine, but it's just, oh God, it's so bad. It's such a bad fucking movie. So, yeah, number nine is Morbius, so, ugh, alright. Moving on to number eight. I, I'll be real, y'all, I just don't understand why people are defending this movie. It's very similar to another film on my list. Uh, spoiler, bit of a tease there. My number, this is my number eight. It's the Andrew Dominic-directed film in Blonde, which stars Ana de Armas, and... Here's the thing about the movie, it's just, it's just gross. At the end of the day, it's just gross. All this movie is here shows that Marilyn Monroe got raped a lot. That's all the movie is. It's not worried about developing her as a character, as a person, showing us what her desires even are. The fact that she calls every male uh, uh, character in the film daddy in a very sexualized manner, I just went, god damn, you guys are just... There is no subtlety to your shit at all. And it really just comes across as exploitive. It comes across as gross. And I won't get into it because I'll be honest. I just don't want to talk about this movie this much. But there are several of her relationships, including Junimaggio, that are so exaggerated as far as the problems between them. If you just do a quick Google search, you'll understand how much this movie is truly embellishing. And... There's even a point where Marilyn Monroe has uh, is pregnant and she's in a uh, three-way relationship, a throuple, I think is what they call it. But she's in like a throuple with these two other guys and she loses the baby. And the movie just moves on from her losing this kid like it didn't affect her at all. And I just kept going, why won't you tell me anything about her outside of the fact her mom's nuts? That's all the movie really feels interested in telling you. And there, there are a couple scenes where she kind of stands up for herself. But then she's crying right in the next scene. Marilyn Monroe is never allowed to be strong for the audience. So when she's going through all this terrible shit, I went, I should care more, but you haven't developed her enough. It's an incredibly frustrating film because I think from a cinematography perspective, I think it's absolutely gorgeous at points. But it's it embellishes in a way that I felt that Babylon did. To the point that it is just, it's gross and it really just feels like the director just went, I want, like, this is my vision. I don't fucking care. Like, any sort of even constructive feedback on it. I, I, I just, I was angry watching this and I had to watch the last 20 minutes or so twice because I was just sitting there going, how is this movie going to fucking end? Oh my God, it's still going. It's such a long movie too. It's like three hours. Like, why the fuck? Yeah. D never want to see this again. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that Anna de Armas got a Best Actress nomination. There's no reason. She did not deserve it at all. She, that should be Viola Davis's nomination. The fact she has it, absolute, absolute crap. So that's my number eight. Uh, moving on to number seven, the original film in this trilogy was on my worst of last year. I think it was last year. Uh, this is 365 Days This Day. This is my number seven. It's the same crap as the first film, but, but somehow you make 
uh, Anna Maria uh, Saluka, who plays Laura. She's just, she sucks. She's so fucking terrible. And the fact that this movie, it feels like Lena Dunham wrote this bullshit. It's like, oh yeah, like, let's talk about this woman who has a clear Stockholm Syndrome, but she's gonna go ahead and be this incredible feminist, but she's gonna not take any guff from her gruff. Guff? I think it's guff. Any guff from her husband. It's like, oh my god, this is the dumbest fucking shit. And Laura, that's a character that uh, Anna plays. It's she starts to flirt with this gardener that her husband hires. And <laughs> I didn't read the synopsis on this. I just watched these cold at 4 a.m. when I couldn't fucking sleep. I'm sitting there. And as soon as I saw the gardener, he starts interacting with her. I went, okay, so he clearly been, belongs to another mob family. And for... I know women's intuition is a, is a thing. I, I get women's intuition is a thing. But holy shit, the way she does not understand how she is in this fucking mafia world and is shocked that someone would have the gall to try ahead to go ahead and manipulate her. She's very naive for the position she's in. And considering how she knows what a piece of shit her husband can be and what sort of evil, vile, manipulative things her husband's capable of, and she acts all appalled like, how fucking dare you manipulate me? It's like, kiss my ass, bitch. Like, it's such a terrible fucking film. And the, and the full feminism that's attached to this film is something that just makes me roll my eyes. It's very reminiscent of Fifty Shades of Grey in that way where, you know, she'll Anastasia would stand up to Christian once and the movie would go, yeah, she's in charge. And it's like, no, you're not. You're, you're not in charge at all. I... I Cannot stand this movie, and there was another one. There, there were two that came out in 2022. I didn't even watched the third one. I was just like, I'm good. I, I just, I'll only torture myself so much. So, 365 days to stay. That's my number seven. My number six, and I know this will piss people off. I don't care because it's me. Number six is Elvis. I understand some people just mostly white people, just fucking love Elvis. I don't get it. I think Sus- I think Suspicious Minds is a great song. Outside of that, eh, never understood Elvis, never understood the appeal. Outside of a white guy doing what black people were doing better but not getting marketed nearly as well because they weren't white. And to watch this movie directed by Boz, uh, Boz Lerman, who admittedly has a couple films that I really do enjoy, he... I love Australia. I think Australia is a great movie. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of it because it is admittedly very self-indulgent. But I dig Australia. I dig Moulin Rouge. Uh, Romeo and Juliet is fine. And then <coughs> Great Gatsby is fine too. But this is just a man I don't care about. Performing songs I don't give a shit about. Tom Hanks doing another offensive accent. I just... I hated so much about this movie that... In its runtime, I just went, I could be doing anything else. I could be doing my taxes right now and know I'm getting money back. I just, I was so bored by this movie. But then I was upset because they have like Little Richard and James Brown pop up to go ahead and give Elvis's pep talk about how, oh, come on, you're white. You can do anything. And it comes across so so shoe shiny and tap dancing. Like it comes across so 
the way that everyone caves to the character of Elvis, especially the people of color, is really fucking gross. And it just feels like those characters are there in the movie to give Elvis their seal of approval to go ahead and, and perform black music. And it comes across really fucking just irritating and just, again, just really fucking gross the way that Lerman goes ahead and presents it. You don't learn anything about Elvis really either. They they kind of get in the Memphis Mafia for like one scene, but there's a lot that happened with the Memphis Memphis Mafia that they don't even touch on. Uh, they don't talk about the fact that you know the woman he married was like what 15 at the time, or 15 or 16 or whatever, something like that. She was underage. They don't get in that shit at all. They don't get into the fact that he was a fucking that he wanted to be a fucking rat. Um, the president at the time, I, I can't remember if it was Johnson or it doesn't really fucking matter, but basically Elvis wanted to go ahead and rat on people who were uh, smoking marijuana. So he actually asked for like a, like a, like a, like a sheriff's badge or something like that, which he was granted. So there, there's actually some stuff about Elvis that's interesting that they just didn't go into at all, but they very clearly wanted to go ahead and go. See, Elvis didn't just steal black music. He was more than that. And I just, at the end of the day, I think what a failure of a biopic film is when I don't feel like I've learned more about the character at all. And something like Bohemian Rhapsody, where I was just so goddamn bored and just went, okay, Remy Malik, I think it's given a decent performance in parts, maybe even a good performance, but that still doesn't excuse the fact this film is over two hours and I just could not give a shit and there is the Elvis Live special that I think is well filmed and Austin Butler look I look forward to seeing what else he's in because despite the fact I don't like this movie he does have a natural charisma to him that I think will carry him a great way as long as he continues to hone his craft but I just again I Oscar worthy performance no absolutely not I just I rolled my eyes when I saw that he got an Oscar nomination because I don't think he deserves it, but yeah, whatever. So, and if you want to hear more of my thoughts, uh, go on the Afternoon Tunes uh, YouTube channel and check those out because the comments in that video are amazing. I just, I don't care. I, I've never cared about Elvis. I've never understood it. And yeah, so whatever, fine, you can have him. <laughs> but Elvis is my number six. Uh, moving on to number five, I'm going to make this quick just because I hate the movie and I hate talking about it. It is a Ruben uh, Fleischer-directed film. You, of course, know him from directing 30 Seconds or Less, Gangster Squad, Zombieland, Zombieland, uh, Zombieland Double, Tack, uh, Double Tap, Good Grief, and Venom. It's Uncharted. Uncharted fucking sucks. Uh, Tom Holland... God bless him. He's my favorite Spider-Man uh, live action Spider-Man of all time. He's a fucking shit Nathan Drake. I, I was trying to give him a chance and go, hey, maybe it won't be as bad as some people are thinking this will be. He just does not have the charm or the swagger to be Nathan Drake. And Mark Wahlberg is just, he is sleepwalking through this fucking movie. I don't understand why you get Mark Wahlberg to play Sully. Like, why? You want someone kind of charming right mark Wahlberg doesn't come across charming here in any point whatsoever he just comes across like mark Wahlberg slaying fucking Wahlburgers and being racist and dropping the f word most likely mark Wahlberg is just he's this is not the role for him at all um antonio banderas is in this fine 
he's kind of cool as a villain, but the way he's written off is fucking stupid. I can't remember if it's uh, Sophia Ali or Tati uh, Gabriel. Um, I oh god, I think it's Sophia Ali who plays who plays Chloe, who's kind of like the, the the third in the tandem between uh, Nathan Drake and then Sully. I think she has a charisma about her that I like. But they give her so little to do. It's just, it's just, she's never allowed to develop as a character. And the video game sequences, as far as the action scenes that are done here, they're supposed to be thrilling, but they're just, they come across so basic bitch and just uninspired. And no one felt like they could actually translate the craziness that happens in the games to film. It just comes across so fucking hollow. They're doing a sequel. They already confirmed it because it, it did well at the box office, which is a fucking shame. So hopefully some hopefully there's some care actually put into getting the shit right getting more of it. But this was bad. I, I could not believe how just in, not just indifferent, but just irritated I was by the fact that that this is the I just God damn it. Why? 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 Um, Uncharted number five moving on. Um, they say Wakanda forever in this next movie, and it's done by, uh, what's his name, Mr. Brown, who's played by David Mann, who is another, oh, no, 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 that's, um, no, David named that, that's, uh, Agnes Brown, that's who I was talking, uh, that's what I was thinking. Um, it's Tyler Perry in a wig, again, it's Tyler Perry's a Medea homecoming. What did I tell y'all that Tyler Perry would be back within two years? It's in the fucking review. I called it. I pulled it from the Medea family funeral view. Tyler Perry cannot, can't, he can't not be Medea. He loves being Medea. Not, I'm sure not the wig and all that shit, but the money Medea brings in. I'm sure he loves that shit. I just, I've talked about Tyler Perry. I don't need to talk about Tyler Perry anymore. He fucking sucks. He rapes our culture. Fuck Tyler Perry. Eat a bag of dicks. I fucking hate Tyler Perry. And, this movie, there's two of them. There's fucking Medea and there's fucking Agnes Brown. And have the Agnes Brown show up and go, Wakanda forever. And just the fact that the next rumored Medea movie is an Agnes Brown, Medea go on like a European vacation. That sounds like my fucking nightmare. The, the last thing I want is more Agnes Brown. Tyler Perry just continues to be unfunny. Why is anyone surprised? This motherfucker sucks. He doesn't have anyone write with him. It's always him doing the writing. It's fucking terrible. It tries to do some Blue Lives Matter, like, commentary, and that shit rings so fucking gross and hollow from Tyler Perry. Oh, God. It's just more black foolishness. It's more of the same. At this point, you know what Tyler Perry's going to give you. He's not going to try to extend or be a better writer-director. He is perfect with staying in his lane because his dumb fan base continues to just go, we will take table scraps. I, I just, God, I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie. I hate Tyler Perry. I hate Tyler Perry. Ugh, Medea's family homecoming. That's my number four. All right, moving on to number three. I am so happy that they are, quote, done, unquote, with making these movies for the moment. But I'm, I know they're going to end up doing more of them because they, they make fucking money despite what I think about how shitty they are. He is he wrote and directed Safety Not Guaranteed. He also wrote and directed the book of Henry. 
Um, Safety Not Guaranteed is great. Book of Henry fucking sucks ass. And Jurassic World is Colin Trevorrow. My number three is Jurassic Park Dominion. I cannot believe they keep making these movies. I understand they may make money, but outside of that, the quality of them has just continued to suffer. Jurassic World, I initially gave a B minus, I want to say, in our review, and that was way too kind. It should have been a C plus or even a C. And these movies just could have continued to get worse and worse and worse. And bringing in the legacy characters, bringing in uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum, it's incredible how disengaged they are. I'm sure the check was great for all three of them, but they don't want to be here. And when you see their performances, it's just, it's completely justified how much they just don't want to be there. Because the plot's giving them nothing to fucking do. There's this point where Sam Neill has to act like Owen has read that he's familiar with who Owen is because he's this tricer- uh, not Triceratops, but uh, Velociraptor trainer. And it's such an eye roll because Sam Neill doesn't sell it at all. Like, he clearly doesn't believe Dr. Grant would associate with Owen. And I would hope he wouldn't associate with Owen. But whether it's the... <laughs> whether it's the, the, the dinosaurs, they're only being... Oh, what the graphics say on the on the uh, on the screen? I think it said in a year there are only like ten dinosaur attacks worldwide, which is the dumbest fucking thing in the world because you know dinosaurs would be killing people. There are more shark attacks than there are typically fucking dinosaur attacks according to the fucking movie yearly. It makes no fucking sense. And then you have the guy who played uh, Richard Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. He's the new. Oh, I'm this eccentric billionaire, but I just want to go ahead and help people. But, oh, did I mention I'm totally using this dino DNA to go ahead and do something fucking terrible? It's it's the same shit, different day. And, but, but the thing is, this movie's over two hours. It's over two hours. And there's just no point where I felt like the film had a rhythm. The fucking dinosaur clone girl who's in the movie, she's being fucking obnoxious because Owen uh, and oh, what's her name? Claire, Bryce Dallas Howard, fine ass Bryce Dallas Howard. They're telling her that, hey, you're part dinosaur. We can't have you just wandering around because there are people who want to capture you. And she's doing the whole mom, dad, I'm a teenager. I'm going to do what I want. It's like, oh, you fucking ignorant bitch. And it's just, it's just shit like that constantly that just had me wanting to pull my hair out. I Fucking hate this movie. I hope they never make another Jurassic Park movie. Oh my god, Spielberg, how did you sign off on these for producing? How fucking dare you? I just... Uh, anyways, Jurassic World Dominion, that's my number three. My number two favorite... Uh, least My f- number two favorite... Pardon me, least favorite movie. I just... I'm so mad... Because this was a movie that some people were saying, this could be an Oscar contender. Maybe this is him taking it seriously. Maybe just maybe he's turned the corner. And it's a Jasmine's Blues. It's Tyler Perry, another Tyler Perry directed movie. We got two of them last year. And the thing is, this movie wants so hard to be epic and feel important and go ahead and have something to say. At the end of the day, this movie has nothing to say. Because Tyler Perry, this was the first script apparently he ever worked on. And he, you know, he kept working on it and fine-tuning it and tweaking it and adjusting it to get into this final form now. There is nothing about this movie outside of it being a quote drama unquote that separates it from any of his Medea movies. There is an actual lynching that is shown here. 
in the lead up to that, in the character development that's done, in no way justifies this insane visual that Tyler Perry goes ahead and throws up. I I did think some of the jazz music credit words do was well handled, but this movie just it never gains a rhythm. The 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 um oh god, what's the, the girl's name? Uh, ha- uh Hattie, who is played by Amira Van. She is the one who Bayou is supposed to fall in love with, who's played by Joshua Boone. Oh my fucking god, Bayou. Forgot his name, fucking Bayou. Their whole relationship, you're supposed to be cheering for them, but there's no reason to cheer for them because Hattie Mae, she's a fucking bitch. She is taking advantage of Bayou at every fucking turn, but he is so smitten and taken by her. She just, he goes in and just shrugs her, shrugs her abuse off as her being eccentric and being a strong woman. And the movie really never calls her out on it because she is constantly denying that she is a black woman. And so when she is rightfully so called out on that, she just acts so high and mighty like she's not black. I went, why would I want someone this selfish to end up with Bayou? And Tyler Perry does this thing that I've talked about in several of his his films that just drives me up the wall. When you are a Christian in his films, you are a doormat. You never stand up for yourself. You never set boundaries. You are just there to go ahead and let people shit on you. And the way that Bayou's journey ends and where his arc ends up, I went, you know what, dude? If you'd stood up for yourself with one of the 10 times you had a chance to, dude, you wouldn't be in this position. But the movie acts like it's so tragic, but it's it's really quite tragic that he just never had the confidence to stand up for himself and be his own person. That's what's fucking tragic. But the movie never really feels like it brings that point up at all. And I just kept thinking... Where the fuck do you get off movie by treating him like this? It drove me, it drove me up the wall. I, 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 oh my God. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. A jazz man's blues. Fucking A. Tyler Perry, you asshole. Okay. So let me recap my <coughs> 10 through 2 here. So tied at number 10, I had the Monsters and Home Team. Number 9, I had Morbius. Number 8, I had Blonde. Number 7, I had 365 Days This Day. Number six, I had Elvis. Number five, I had Uncharted. Number four, I had a Medea Homecoming. Number three, I had Jurassic World Dominion. And number two, I had a Jazz Man's Blues. And my number one least favorite film of 2022 is Purple Hearts. Purple Hearts is a Netflix film that is directed by Elizabeth Allen Rosenbaum. It is based on a film. Um, she also actually went ahead and directed two films I actually like in Ramona and Beezus and Aquamarine. Aquamarine's actually a fun, uh, those are both two fun films. But Sophia Carlson plays, uh, this girl named Cassie, uh, Salazar. You recognize her. Oh, she's in Songbird. I knew I recognized Oh, gosh, she does suck. But she did The Descendants, Descendants 2, Descendants 3. She ends up falling in love with this guy, Luke Merrow, who's played by Nicholas uh, Galtazine. Uh, he was in a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. What the... Oh, the new Craft Legacy. Oh, perfect. So this movie, this is just right-wing propaganda. That's all this movie is. It's basically telling liberals... Hey, liberals, if you ever start dating someone that's right-wing, there is no middle ground. Just go ahead and suppress 
anything that you feel about your causes or anything socially and just go ahead and lean more right. That's 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 how things are supposed to go. It's hilarious how this movie comes apart because Sophia Carlson's Cassie, she is broke and she can't afford her insulin. She's diabetic. And Nicholas uh, Gallus doesn't matter. The guy who plays Luke, he is a former drug dealer trying to, or uh, drug uh, druggy trying to go ahead and turn his life around. So he decides to go ahead and join uh, the service. And they, uh, uh, Sophia, uh, Sophia's uh, Cassie, and then Luke, they go ahead and decide to get married so that they can go ahead and take advantage of his military benefits. And this movie. It thinks like it's such a dunk on liberals. It really does feel like it's going, oh yeah, let's go ahead and dunk on these liberals and be like, yeah, America's the fucking best. Everyone should volunteer. USA, USA. Like it feels like that's exactly how it feels like the film is coming across. But what's so fucking funny is that the movie really is a dunk on our healthcare system and how things are so expensive and how insulin shouldn't be that expensive which if you remember that whole fiasco i won't even get into it but it's fucking hilarious and the movie thinks that it's it's being so deep and being so against the grain when really all it is is showing how again how terrible republicans are when it comes to health care and social issues and they have the fucking balls to have cassie and her mom not born in the u.s and so and so fucking Luke says, oh, you're literally an illegal immigrant. And the movie just does shit like that constantly where I went, why should I care? Why should I care for Cassie wanting to get with Luke? If anything, Cassie's a fucking moron. There's no reason she should be with this guy. There's a point where they're going to go ahead and ship off overseas. And Luke is there for a bunch of his um, servicemen. And one of them stands up and goes... You know, like, toast to us going ahead and killing some fucking Arabs. And he says it just like that. And Cassie, rightfully so, goes, oh, it feels like you're making a big blanket statement about, you know, a certain type of people. And Luke's friend has the fucking gall to go, oh, what would you rather have us do? Teach them pronouns? Get it? Get us? Let us dunk on those fucking liberals. <laughs> it's it's such bullshit. And the movie thinks it's so deep when it's just, it's the most condescending bullshit in the world. And I read an interview with uh, Sophia Carlson, uh, Carson talking about how she put her heart and soul into these these songs and let's just call it what it is there's nothing about Sophia Carlson's Cassie that stands out from any other open micer that I've heard in the hundreds of open mics I've gone to the fact that she's an aspiring musician in the way that she becomes a musician is flat out fucking laughable because Cassie Salazar uh, Sophia Carlson whoever you want to say they cannot sing they are not even remotely Insane. They're not as good as people who go ahead and fail on the voice. So hearing, so hearing Sophia Carlson go, oh yeah, I put my heart and soul in this, and I did the music and I did the songs. And I went, oh, that's why I don't like them. Like this, is, this isn't good fucking music. It, it, it's such a piss poor message of just, again, really saying, hey, if you lean more left, go ahead and just abandon your morals and go ahead and lean more right. That's what this is about, and. 
the way that Luke treats Cassie when they're going through this whole relationship, it's just, it's laughable because he's hiding the fact that he's a drug dealer from her or, or used to do drugs from her. And he is at every turn going, yeah, you took advantage of me. You married me. What the fuck? And I'm just sitting there going, dude, you're acting like you're not fucking getting anything out of this. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the movie. I hate the movie so much. I, I, why? I, I get that Netflix will always have shit like this because they have quotas to fill and content, you know, a whole fucking streaming service to fill with their obnoxious original films. But this shit like this is where I just go, man, you guys just, it's amazing how you'll cancel Sabrina or, you know, I, I, I something like that. And yet you make shit like this where I go, this is fucking terrible. You're going to keep producing shit like <laughs> shit like this in 365 days. like Stuff like that is going to make your network. I, uh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Purple Hearts, go fuck yourself. You're shitty. You're terrible. I hate you. You are my least favorite film of 2022. So, whew, we're done. That is it. That is... The last I'll be talking about 2022 films, but everyone, what are your best of, what are your worst of films of 2022? Let us know in the comments. You can go ahead and follow us everywhere. If you go ahead and go on, uh, you check out our socials, uh, including our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, our link tree has all of our information, but just go through it real quick. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Tune Up, and Samsung Podcasts at The Real Pineapple. Please don't get uh, forget to like and rate the show and share it. It helps us out a lot. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow me on or like both of our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. That's R-E-E-L Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Don't forget to follow me on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam. You can follow me on TikTok at Black Shazam. And you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at jhunterrealpineapple. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll have stuff coming up for Black Cinema Showcase. My review for Black Panther Wakanda Forever is now live. That is the first review of the Black Cinema Showcase. We're going to have review up next week as well for Honk for Jesus, Save Your, uh, Save Your Soul, The Original Shaft. Uh, later on in the month, we'll have a review up for Watchmen, the HBO series as well. I'm excited to talk about that, as well as Waves. I'm really excited to talk about that. A24 flick, but everyone, uh, oh yeah, and we'll have a review up for uh, Loki uh, season one here next week, leading into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I definitely want to get a review for that done, but everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Stay safe out there. Give someone a hug. We all need to, uh, we all need to love each other a little more, but thanks again for your support, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon.